Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show guys welcome to another episode of the type 1 lifting podcast i have an awesome guest i've been wanting to get this guy on for a while i just been checking to you know actually talk to him so uh, he is the creator of coffee pods and wads peter white how's it going good thanks is this recording yes it is oh okay was all that other stuff recorded yes yeah, well so i so i usually do a pre-recording because for some oh, reason okay. zoom was uh acting acting up or it might be the sd card so i give it some time for okay. recording and then i just start so Okay, well, hi everyone. <laughs> so, um, what an intro! I just totally messed up your intro. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's all good. So, well, thank you for, yeah. for coming on here. You know, I really do appreciate it. And so, I know you talk about you talk to your guests like what their favorite coffee is. So, what is yours? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so, I had uh, this uh, circular coffee, but it's spelled like C O F F E A. I don't know why. I, it's, maybe it's Norwegian. Maybe that's how they spell it in Norway. But it's a Norwegian uh, coffee. And they did this um, like geisha uh, roast of this bean. And um, I had it in, there's a place in Dublin called Unfiltered. And it's, he actually, the guy that owns it put out a post recently and it really rang home where he was saying how he's kind of sick of seeing people calling themselves like speciality coffee shops yep. when it's just like they're not you know and it, it, like I so I, I do um, like summer work I'm a teacher and I do summer work where I uh, do like um, kids camps and I drive around with the equipment so there's like inflatables and stuff so I could be one place on a Monday and then another place on a Tuesday and it's big like it's like a national conglomerate of camps in Ireland <laughs> so um, I work for them and it brings me to all different towns so I get to try out loads of different coffees and stuff because I'm off until the inflatables need to be taken down again at the end of the day, basically. Um, so I was in a town today and there was four um, shops, like coffee shops, within a five-minute walk of each other that all had either a van outside with this written on it or above the door or a sign in the window or one of those, like, what do you call those chalkboards, you know, the sandwich boards outside with uh, best coffee in town written on it. And I was like, well, they can't all be. <laughs> like, someone's talking shit. Um, and then I remembered his post and it's like, it's so true that like, it's just, I think people just see it as like, oh, it's easy. Just say your speciality coffee, just say your really good coffee. Um, but like, yeah, that one, that Norwegian one in unfiltered, if, if anyone's ever in Dublin, find unfiltered because he'll sit you down, he'll do a pour over, he'll talk to you about the coffee, not in like an annoying way, just in a, like, I've never met anyone as passionate about anything 
as this guy is about coffee. Um, and it's infectious. And I've had a few. So that's a, a circular coffee from Norway, I think it was. And then a Sumo coffee, they're Irish. Um, another really good coffee. And then West Cork coffee would be my third. Um, they're all just different. Like you get two different bags and they'll be totally different from each other. Whereas there's some where it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's nice. Like it is nice, but it's like, a solid seven out of ten all the time, yeah. which is fine. But I want to have, I want to get a coffee where it's like one day it's a nine out of ten, and then the next day it's a one. But at least I had that nine, and it's you know there is that difference of like, oh, this is amazing, and oh, I don't like this one as much because it tastes totally different. I think, you know, a lot of it's kind of diluted where, like, say Starbucks and Costa and those kind of places, where it's just like they're all like threes, but they're always a three. Mm-hmm. Like they're just they're all exactly the same. And I think I like that. The risk involved of like trying something different, I think, is good. But um yeah. I went a bit off to, I'm gonna go off topic all the time. Oh, I get really nervous when someone else asks me a question and I just talk way too much. So no, tell me to shut up good. at That's any good. point. So um a little I, I've never been to Dublin. I've never been to Ireland pretty much. So I know there's a lot of like tourists that come there once in a while. So what is one thing that um, a tourist should check out that's not like a normal Oh, thing? a not a not touristy touristy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh shit. Um pressure of that. Um okay, well if anyone's ever going if anyone likes coffee and they're ever going to Ireland, drop me a DM and I'll give you a list. Um that's how I became friends with Tim Paulson, because uh, he was here for filthy one fifty. And I sent him a list of like 10 places and he went to like eight of the 10 and we're like, oh, amazing. Every day it was like, oh, that was amazing. Um, so if anyone's ever here, give, drop me a DM. Um, I think like, I know it's touristy, but I think one of the most consistently enjoyed things by tourists is the Guinness uh, tour. Okay. Um, I think like loads of Irish people do it and they love it. Um, I think it is really good. Um so I'd say that's if anyone's ever visiting Dublin specifically, I'd go there. If you're just visiting Ireland in general, I'd try to get to the West Coast because it's just outrageously scenic, um, like cliffs and, you know, it's, it's nice. It's properly nice. Um, nice beaches and stuff. But yeah, like, it's hard. You know, like when you're from a town or you're from a place and someone says, oh, what's good to do there? And you're like, I don't know, nothing. Like, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, if, if someone's like, oh, what's good about Dublin? It's like, I don't know. It's just there. And it's like, you know, it's like if someone asks you, what's your favorite thing about yourself? You're just kind of like, uh, nothing. I don't know. I'm terrible. But anyway, it's the same. If someone's like, why should I come to Ireland? It's like, oh, don't bother. We're shit. Um, but yeah, I think there is plenty to see and plenty to do. And I, I think the, probably the best thing about it, like you met, we were talking before the start there about how someone lives 12 hours away from someone else in America. Like, I think the best thing about Ireland is that is literally impossible. Like if you drive from... Dublin, like a beach on Dublin on the east coast to a beach in Galway on the west coast would take you like maybe three and a half hours. And if you were to drive from a beach in Donegal on the north coast to a beach in like Cork on the south coast would take you like maybe five. So it's like there isn't there isn't anywhere like I was really far away from home today in my head. And I was like an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> it took me to get home. So like, yeah, I think that's if, you know, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that if you're traveling, like if I was going to America for, like I say, if I was going to Miami in America, like 
I kind of have to stay there because if I want to go to the next nearest town, it's a good distance away. Whereas in Ireland, you can literally see the whole country in like five days. That's you know, crazy. like, you, you, yeah, it's like, that's probably the, probably the best thing about it is that everything is just really close to everything else. I'd say it's underappreciated by Irish people as well, yeah. that closeness. Like. Yeah, I mean, so I'm originally from Massachusetts, like where Boston is, and then we, I live in Atlanta now, so we drove, my wife and I, and our dog, and our, our I'm soon now six-year-old, but he was like three months old, took us like two days just to get down. It was like, because we had to stop, and he had to eat, and all that stuff, but there's been trips, I've, it took, it's taken me like 23 hours just to get from one place to another. Ugh. Yeah, and just being in a car all day is, is the worst. Yeah, I remember we went to, I was at the games in 2019, and we drove from oh minneapolis is not st paul minneapolis yep. i think yeah we drove from there to uh to the games and we stayed somewhere overnight on the way like it was on the mississippi wherever we stayed uh shit i can't remember the name of it anyway um and that i was like driving i felt like i was driving for like four days <laughs> probably because of like jet lag and stuff as well yeah. but it like i don't know how people like, I don't know how truckers in America do. I never, like, I used to admire truckers in Ireland where it's like, God, it must be so boring, like, just driving all the time. Truckers in America, man, that must be crazy. Cause, like, all the roads are just the same. It's just like, you're driving along, it's just like, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, like, constantly just. And I remember when we were driving thinking, like, what is making that noise? And, like, you know, that took my attention for about 20 minutes. I'm, like, looking at the road being like, I don't understand where the noise is coming from. It sounds like you're driving over cat's eyes, but you're not. It's just, like, weird lines on the road for no reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think I'd say a lot of people don't understand the sheer vastness of America. Like, it, it's mind-boggling how big it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, and I haven't even, even hit a lot of the places I want to yet. So, because it's just so... There's places in Ireland I haven't been to. And like I said, we're like two hours from everywhere. And there's still places I haven't been. <laughs> well, you got to go. It's easy. Like, you do like a weekend trip. Yeah, well, you know, kids. <laughs> true, true. So, speaking of kids, how many kids do you have? Uh, one, and one is uh, imminent. Okay. Yeah, oh. so I think the... Uh, so, Sloane is like... She's one and a half. Um. And she has no idea the train that's coming down the track. She's like, you know, like in those old westerns where she's like tied to the track, yeah. but she just doesn't know what's coming and she can't escape it. And like, sometimes she's like, you know, say this afternoon I came home from work and she was like doing laps at the house. And I was like hiding behind doors, like jumping out at her. And, you know, she was laughing and running the opposite direction or whatever. And I just wanted to stop her and be like, this is all going to change. <laughs> like, you need to prepare yourself. Um, but yeah, ignorance is bliss, maybe. Um so yeah, that's uh, baby number two is due in like mid to late September. Okay. So um, I lose this. This is gonna go the uh, my office or my uh, studio or whatever. That's gonna go because it's gonna be a bedroom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have to figure out something else for that. But he'd probably sleep through it or she if I. Yeah, just put. White I just noise, like just put white noise in the background. They're they're, they're out. So. Yeah. He or she can just like lie in the corner and I'll just whisper all my interviews. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about the games. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, like, how, how did you, how did you get involved with like CrossFit pretty much? Like when did you start? Um, Probably like later than people would expect, I'd say. Uh, well, not by looking at me. It looks like I haven't started yet. Um, But 
I think, like, my wife and I, uh, we met in college um, and moved home. Like, we weren't married uh, yet, but we moved, we moved to uh, my home, um, which is about half an hour from hers because everywhere's beside everywhere. Yeah. Um, and we were living with my dad um, while we were, like, looking for somewhere else to live. And there was, like, no gyms. We had been into kind of, like, I guess, like, strength training, but, like, pointless kind of just like endless sets of 12 it felt like you know just like everything yeah like everything like just like oh we'll do legs on one day and it was just the same thing like all the time and then there was one gym like things could have been so different there was one gym in my local town which had uh you had to sign up with a direct debit and I was like, ah, oh, that's a big commitment. Like, if I don't like this place and I don't know what it's like, you know, you kind of look around, but you don't really get a feel for it. So I was like, oh, that's a big commitment. I might just see what else is out there. And I went on Google and a gym showed up called like Wolfhound Fitness. And I was like, okay, I'll see what that's like. So I went there and there was no machines, no nothing. It was just like a rig. And there was like three rowers or like four rowers maybe. And uh, I think, I actually think that was all that was there. And then like barbells and stuff. And I went in and Joe uh, was there. He owns it with his uh, now wife. And he was like, oh yeah, we're actually not open yet. Um, we're like, we've literally just finished like remodeling or whatever. Um, so I said, oh, well, can we come and have a look around? Like, uh, And he was like, yeah, yeah, we do classes. And he showed me a time to him. I was like, oh, classes. I don't want to do classes. And I was like, oh, do you do any open gym? And he was like, yeah, not really. Like, just come to one of the classes and see and look. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do, you do. Um, and yeah, that was it. Never looked back. So I was at there, like, one of their first days they were open. And there was about five or six of us uh, doing, like, circuits. You know, like, 30 on, 10 off kind of thing. Um, and I've seen that place change uh, from, like, five or six people, like, two rowers, and a rig and now they've got like you know like 10 skiers like 10 rowers like seven or eight assault bikes like five or six concept bikes and just like booming community like they've got they've developed upstairs now they've gone upstairs and they have more stuff upstairs and they have a room out the back and a recovery room and you know like it's been a remarkable like it's only now when I'm talking about it, I was like, geez, imagine if I had joined that other place. Like imagine how different my life would be. Like I would, I probably still wouldn't know what CrossFit was because we were kind of duped into doing it because it was just a class. And then it was like, oh, here's some wall balls. You just throw the ball, you have to hit that target. And it was like, okay. And I was like, oh, we're going to do like dumbbell snatch. It's like, what the hell is dumbbell snatch? Like, um, and then it was like, oh, and we're going to do pull-ups. And it's like, okay, I can't really do that many strict pull-ups. It's like, okay, well, um, can you do like three? It's like, yeah, maybe. And it's like, okay, we'll try and do like two kipping ones. It's like, what the hell are kipping pull-ups? And then like slowly it just kind of bled in of like, okay, uh, so today's wad. And it's like, what's a, <laughs> what's a wad? Like, you know, like why are we suddenly saying this terminology? And then like before we knew it, I had already drank the Kool-Aid without realizing I had even had a glass of it. Yeah. Um, and then I remember Joe like, just openly calling it CrossFit, like what we were doing was functional fitness, it was CrossFit. Um, and then they affiliated, and then uh, they're still Wolfhound Fitness, and they're like CrossFit Lorna Tiro, which is like, it means like middle of the country in Ireland, because Mullingar is like bang in the center of Ireland. Um, and they just have 
they've just gone from strength to strength. Like the community that developed is like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably every member of every gym would say the same, but I just I've never seen anything like it. Where, like, you know, they had so many members at their wedding, and like he's the godfather to, to my first kid. Like, and you know, like just this really I think unique community that they've developed, and then because of that they've got so many other things going like he's the strength and conditioning coach for like the the county's you know GA team um like a, a like an Irish sport or whatever um and like she does like strength and conditioning for Irish dancers and they've got like they've managed to hire two new coaches and they're able to take time off now and stuff with they ha- which they hadn't been able to do um but it's just like to watch that grow and develop has just been such a privilege to be like a day oneer um and be able to see it from where it started um so yeah i think that that's kind of how i got into it and then yeah like kind of unbeknownst to myself was like jesus i really love crossfit um without ever like knowing what it was and then i found out that it's like a sport and that you can watch it and there's documentaries and there's other people that like it and it's all over the place and then yeah you just i think like many people's stories you just get hooked before you realize you're hooked and then you're one of those assholes that just talks about it all the time yeah yeah i i agree i I'm, i was the same way too and speaking about irish step dancers so I had no idea they need strength and, strength and conditioning coaches, because um, I so my uh, so my family I have three younger sisters all of them are Irish step dancers, and so um, what, the middle is that because they're like Boston then? Yeah, that was up in Boston. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so we actually my sister was number one one in New England for like seven years in a row for her age bracket, wow. and then I think she was like twenty second in the world for Irish wow. step and like. I remember those dresses were like five thousand dollars, and she was like, "They're like, don't, don't even like, you can't even eat on them, like, because you just get like." If ever there was a money racket, like if ever there was a way, they were like, "Oh, we're making these dresses for dancers." Well, nobody knows how much they cost. Let's just start with like five thousand dollars. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's like my, I'm like, I, you could have bought in a car for that dress. <laughs> Like, yeah, you can't be twenty second in the world owning a car, though. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah. But I, I never knew they needed, uh, you know, trainers to. Yeah, well, I suppose it's like anything. You don't need it, but you know, like if you think of dancing, like any kind of dancing, it's aerobic. Yeah, probably anaerobic as well. You've got like you know, you need good leg strength, good posture, good you know, like uh, I guess triple extension. There's a lot of jumps in it and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think she saw the benefits of like her own training because uh, she was an Irish dancer. Um, she saw the benefits of it, and then. Uh, just saw an opportunity, I guess, to help other people. Um, so yeah, it's great. And even like I was in there the other day, and there was like a guy came in. He must have been close to seventy-five or eighty, and he was coming in for a PT session. Like you know, it's just it is like one of those communities where there's just everyone's there. Like everyone, people are bringing their babies in, their kids. They're you know, like it is just it's it is great to be a part of it. Yeah, very cool. So, um, what is a, what is like a monthly membership? over there for like um, well, you know, I mean you could just say like pounds or whatever just like whatever it is because like uh, over here the price for like training at a, at a CrossFit gym is like I don't know it ranges from like $100 all the way to like 300 in some yeah it'd be similar here um, so depending on where you are like say Dublin would be more expensive because it's more expensive for the gym to, be, to exist there yeah. like you know just because of rates and stuff Um I'm trying to think. Oh crap! Let me think. Uh, they do. 
let's see. I'll actually check. Okay. So while I'm checking, uh, so it depends. Like most CrossFit gyms, like, um, you know, there's a, a few gyms that might be kind of like rough and ready, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, and they charge accordingly. And then there'd be others that have like, you know, state of the art and they charge accordingly. Um, then there'd be ones where they're in like, uh, you know, expensive neighborhoods or whatever of cities and stuff. So obviously outside the city would be more, uh, what would you call it? More reasonably priced yeah. compared to in the city because in the city you have to pay city rates, I guess. Um, so we'll see. 100, like roughly, like $150 is roughly a month. Okay. Um, so pretty much buying in the middle of what you were saying there. Um, and then, Again, there's other ones that could be 250, you know, close to $300. And then there's other ones that could be like closer to 100 or slightly below it, you know, depending on where you are. And I suppose depending on what kind of membership, like that's unlimited. So that's, I can go to all the open gyms. I can go to, you know, five classes a day if I want to be an asshole about it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's like you, you, but you do, I think by and large, you get what you pay for. Um, seems to be what I've discovered anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think another good thing about it as well is because Ireland, like I said, is so small, like everybody kind of knows everybody uh, or like knows people through people or through they've seen them at competitions or because like if there's a competition in Dublin, it's not just for people from Dublin. Whereas like if there's a competition in Miami, apart from like Wallapoos or whatever, it's probably just for people in that area. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, if there's a competition in Dublin, you'll have people from all four corners of the country going to it because, like, oh, yeah, sure, it's only an hour and a half away or it's only two hours away or whatever. So I think, like, drop-ins are fairly common around here because it's, like, you can nearly message the gym owner because you probably know them and be like, oh, I'll be passing through Dublin, can I call in? Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Irish community might be um, a bit more close-knit, that kind of way. Um but yeah, I think it's reasonable enough. I guess it's always like it's going to get more expensive um, yeah. because, like that, like our our membership went up when they hired the two new coaches and did the expansions because obviously they needed to cover the cost of that and they needed to, you know, make sure they were able to get a mortgage and that kind of stuff. Um, and other gyms will be the same; they'll start off small and gradually get bigger and more expensive and so on. But yeah, you get what you pay for, I guess. Yeah. So, do you have any ambitions of owning your own gym? Oh no, <laughs> Jesus! Um, like in my front room, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, like I don't know enough. Uh, like I think, like coaches, like coaches are just incredible. Like the stuff, like a good coach. My God, like I'd hate to be a shit coach. I'd hate to be a coach and just like, oh, I'm a coach, and it's like that guy doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like I. I couldn't and that's what I'd end up doing whether I liked it or not because I don't know enough I've no qualifications um, so I leave it to the experts but like you know Joe that owns my gym like blew my mind he, like he blows my mind a lot with some of the stuff he notices and says and um, like he was doing a workout with a friend of his like a young guy he's 18 and he's kind of training him in he's you know he's busy living in the gym this summer because he's not at school and they were doing a workout together because they're doing a partner competition, but this guy is doing it with someone else. But Joe said, I'll do the workout with you and we can talk about it, you know, like tac- tactics and stuff like that. Yeah. So they were doing like pull-ups and it was synchronized pull-ups. And they were doing like sets of five or something just to suit um, the guy he was with. Uh, and they were doing them and they dropped from the bar and they were, Joe was like, okay, ready? Three, two. And just before he said one, he goes, scoop more at the bottom. And they jumped up and did more. And 
So two things about it. One, how the fuck did Joe see that while doing pull-ups himself? Was able to see the where the breakdown was, like what was making it harder for Evan was the fact that he wasn't scooping enough. How did he see that while moving? And then have the wherewithal to stop before he said one and say it to him. And then the second impressive thing was the guy fucking implemented it. Like straight away after he said it, the guy was scooping. He's just one of those really coachable kids. Like he just, everything, if you say it to him, like, lean forward a bit more. He leans forward the exact right amount and just does it perfectly. Um, So yeah, I think when you see coaching like that, that's when you're reminded that like, no matter how into fitness you are, no matter how into CrossFit you are, that's when you're reminded that like, no, no, there are so many better people than me, better qualified to do it and they deserve to do it. Um, Like I'd love to do a level one someday or something, but like I wouldn't implement it into anything other than my own like entertainment or whatever, my own knowledge, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just pretty much just like picking little things that you already know, but like it's another little trick to make yeah. it better. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I listed other podcasts and they, they've had like these world-renowned like personal trainers and like, like you know, strength and conditioning coaches on there and stuff like that. And I always pick out like one thing out of the podcast mm-hmm. and I use it and it's un- unreal. It's like, they, um, I, have you ever heard of Barbell Shrugged? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they had this guy Cal Dietz, the like the smartest strength and conditioning coach around, and he said like if you're deadlifting or back squatting on the way up, you curl your big toe in, like dig it to the ground. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, why is that? And he says, well, it fires your glutes and your hamstrings, so you can shoot up a lot quicker <laughs> on the deadlift and the squat. And I was like, there's no way this is possible. And then I tried it the next day, and I was like. Oh my god! Like this is amazing. You broke both your toes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, this is like you would never think of something like that. Yeah, but even like Joe was telling me, he did his level two, uh, which has like a you know it's notoriously difficult to to get through. It's got a high fail rate. But he said that they were doing um, they were he they were coaching. They were split off into groups and they had to coach. Um, someone had to coach and someone had to demo and everyone else was watching and the the one of the facilitators of the course was watching um, and Joe was coaching a girl, a very proficient girl, I think at the time she was like number three in Ireland in the Open um, and he was coaching her how to push jerk as if she'd never pushed jerk before, like that was his, his, uh, his task he was given and he said he was there, like he said he was sweating like he could feel sweat because the facilitator kept saying like no and he'd like go again and he'd start again and he'd, you know, fix another thing. And, you know, he said he started off at the knees and, you know, they were coming too far forwards or she was like too slow in the dip or, you know, she like all these little tiny little things and, you know, she like loads of stuff. And he said he fixed like 15 things and then he she did it again. And he was like, yeah, that was really good. And your mom was like, no. And he was like, what? Like, what is wrong? And he said that he'd go back again and he'd do it again. And then eventually he was just like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know what I'm looking at anymore. It's just blurred. Like, you know, he's like, I can't see anything has to be fixed. And she was like, you told your one, like, do five, uh, do five reps. And she was doing them. And as she was doing them, you, uh, the facilitator goes to Joe, look at her um, arms. So the bar was lifting slightly off her chest just before she had locked out her legs. And that's what was wrong. Okay. And it was like the smallest like like you 99 out of 100 people wouldn't notice it and she walked off anyway and joe was like i felt like shit like you know i you know i'd miss him but the another facilitator came over and was like that was absolutely fantastic like that was near perfect coaching 
but the point is you always strive for more like you never settle for that's ah, pretty good like that's it's as good as we're going to get it today we'll leave it you always strive for more um, and then that's another moment where hearing that story from Joe I was just like man I would not be cut out for this like I couldn't I'd end up just being like ah oh, fuck it they got it overhead it'll do like so it's fine I'm not bothered um, so yeah I think if you hang around coaches and like you say if you talk to coaches and stuff you're just I think you're just constantly reminded of like the the knowledge, the effort, the capacity for learning and the, the will to self-improve, I guess, and to help other people. Like, you know, you, you can't fake that. I think, you know, anyone who thinks like, oh, I'll get into coaching because it's easy money, like is just a moron. Because, you know, you, you, if you're going into the gym, if you're getting up at five o'clock, four o'clock in the morning to go and open the gym and you're, you know, maybe sitting on your own for the first four or five months, like you really have to love it. Like if you're you know, tidying up, sweeping up chalk at the end of the day, and like after, you know, like if you're skipping out and training for six months because you're trying to get your gym off the ground and that kind of stuff, like, you know, that, that's, you need a real love for it. That's not someone, someone who is successful at that isn't someone who just says, ah, I'll do this and see how it goes. And I think if I started like coaching or thinking I was coaching, I'd be very much like, I'll do it and see how it goes. Can't be that hard. And like, I'd probably get a pretty rude awakening. Yeah. If I, if I even had considerations of owning a gym, I'd be single. So there's no way. There's no way. She, my wife, I asked her, like, what do you think if I own a gym? She's like, I would kill you. So, like, there's no way. And plus, like, we need health insurance and you're a diabetic. So, yeah, yeah. The table, so. What would you think if I own a gym? Enjoy speed dating. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you you have a podcast called, you know, Coffee Pods and Mods. So, how, how did that come up? Um. So, I mentioned him post earlier on. So, he was, he was in Ireland for 5150 and he came to our gym and did like uh you know a seminar like a day a workshop for like you know i think it was like nine hours or something um and i had been to the games that summer and this is in november um so i was like pumped crossfit was like it was like hooking up to my veins like you know it's like i've been to the mecca like I, i'm here for it and uh i remember joe telling me like oh big big news coming and he's always very like plays his cards very close to his chest with stuff. So I was like, okay, well, if he's saying big news, it must be something like whopper. And then they put up a post saying like Tim Paulson is coming. I was like, oh my God. Um, so he came, uh, we did this like workshop together. I remember, I remember he got us to do, oh, I think it was like 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off or like 15 seconds on, 10 seconds off on the bike. Um, and he he talked about it and then he did it and then he talked about it immediately after doing it he was just like so the thing you want to focus on and i just remember being like how is he thinking never mind speaking about this like how's he thinking of the nuances of sprinting yeah. so he was like telling us where to put the seat and stuff like that like you know um for like optimum power and stuff um and it's it just an amazing day, like of like though, the, the, like you mentioned, that's just one little thing that you take from the day, and it just changes everything. Like, you know, I, I've totally changed the way I sit on the bike because of something he said. Like, um, and we went out, uh, we did like a Q and A at, uh, at a couple of periods during the day, um, and people were asking questions, uh, you know, like what do you eat, and, you know, like that kind of stuff, um, and I was just kind of struck by how like. Everybody asks that. Like, if you read an interview or if you listen to an interview, um, 
if there's a hundred interviews, I'd say like 75 of them are that. They're like, so tell us about a day's training for such and such CrossFit Games athlete or tell us about like, how do you fuel your sessions or tell us about your recovery or whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, like someone's probably asked that before, like, you know, or they've probably answered that question like a hundred times, you know, maybe think outside the box a bit. Um, and we were, we went out for dinner, a few of us and Tim afterwards. And I said, uh, you know, what was it like with the rope climbs? Cause he had that fucking nightmare with the rope climb, the event one at the games the previous year. Um, and I was like, what was it like with the rope climbs? Like, is it, it must be just crazy not being able to do something on that stage. Like just your body that you've worked on for so long, just failing you. Like, and you know, like how long after that does your mind fail and just give up? Like, and we chatted about that for a while. And then I said, like, do you just go back and just do like endless rope climbs for days? Like, how do you avoid going too far the other way? And he chatted about that for a while. And then he was like, no one's ever asked me about that workout. Um, like, apart from like my wife and my coach. Um, and then we went to Filthy and I remember there's this sort of this page, um, this Instagram page called like Shit Guinness in London. And it's like, it's just a picture of pints of Guinness in London, but like really shit ones. So like, you know, where the head is like the whole pint and it's all spilled, all that kind of stuff. And um, we had been have we've been talking about coffee and I've been saying to Tim, I'd sent him a list of places and he'd been to a few of the places before Filthy and I was kind of chatting to Joe about it. And Joe was like, you should start an Instagram page of like good coffee, uh, like in Ireland or whatever, um, or like shit coffee in Ireland. Um, and then I said, oh, I'm actually thinking of starting a podcast. And it, it was literally just before I wrote that message, the thought popped into my head and then I just said it. And uh, he said, oh, cool. And I said, yeah, coffee pods and wads. Because again, it literally just flowed off my fingers into the phone. And then it was kind of that thing of like, well, I've said it now to someone. So if I don't do it, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So I sketched out on a, a little notepad, uh, like, this the logo like a crude version of that and i sent it to a friend of mine i said oh i think i started a podcast he's a graphic designer um who lives in canada and i was like oh i'm thinking start a podcast uh here's a logo would you be able to do something up with that and i'd say within like a day i had that exact logo back um and it just took off i interviewed joe i actually interviewed joe's brother mark uh in an episode never to be aired like i was like can i just practice on you and i'll never air it i just want to see what it's like to actually do it and Mark obliged under the proviso that I did never air it. Um, then I interviewed Joe and we chatted and it was really enjoyable and I put it out there and a few people listened and a few people liked it. And then I was like, oh shit, okay. Like, you know, maybe like 10 people or whatever. Um, and I remember seeing that first episode go past 100 and I was like, holy shit, like this is major, you know, like so fucking naive. But <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, this is huge. Like, and then... Uh, I just reached out to some other people and I was like, oh, would you be interested? Like coaches that I knew or, you know, in, around the Irish scene or whatever. Um, and it kind of grew from there. And then I asked Tim uh, for episode 10. Uh, I got Tim posting on and I think that was a bit of a catalyst where it was kind of like, well, shit, if he'd do it, like who else would do it? Like who else is stupid enough to like give me an hour of their time? So then I reached out to uh, Sean and Tommy from Talking Lead, who I know you've had on. Yep. Um, and I remember putting up a picture of like the, the Zoom screen or whatever. And I remember I put up my story and 
I remember getting like no responses to it and thinking like, that's weird. I kind of thought people would be like, oh, wow. Um, and then I was in the gym the next day and people were like, that was really funny last night. And I was like, what? And they said, oh, the Photoshop. And I was like, what Photoshop? And they're like, the Sean and Tommy from Talking Elite, were you Photoshopped in the corner? And I was like, no, like that literally happened. Like that was a Zoom call. They were like, no, it wasn't. I was like, no, like really? Like, the, why would I do that? And they were like, I don't know. I just thought you were trying to be funny. Like, oh, look at me with my podcast. And you know, that you had edited their video to show you. And I was like, no, that was us. Like, um, so yeah, then I think lockdown, like COVID just sent, like shoved a rocket up its arse where it just took me places that, you know, I remember interviewing Pat Vellner and just being like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening? Or how is this happening? And it was just because he had so much time. Like, he was just like, what else would I be doing? Yeah. Um, and that became a trend for a while of people just, I just started messaging like ridiculous people who like under normal circumstances wouldn't even look at the message, never mind respond or give me time. Um, so it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, I think it was like, it grew exponentially because of COVID. Um, I'd say without COVID, it still would have grown. I'd say it would have been a lot slower. And like, you know, it, it has been slow, but I think it would have been like, you know, snail's pace uh, without COVID because I think I got access to people that I shouldn't have had access to. And then because of that, I got access to more people because like I've had people on who've been like, oh yeah, well, I saw you had Valner on. And, you know, like, so I think that it kind of carries weight the further you go in. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's why I started. Yeah. <laughs> that's a long answer, but yeah. No, no you're good. That, that's awesome. Because, like, it, that's the same thing with me. I've had, you know, Carrie Pierce on, and, like, I thought there was, like, there's no way in hell she's going to be coming on here. She's got, like, an ungodly yeah. amount of, like, Instagram followers and stuff like that. And it's just, like, and I just, like, throw Hail Marys out there, and they're, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for coming on. But they're so, like, uh, I don't know how to, like, word it, but I think a lot of people think of, involved in CrossFit say think of them as celebrities in CrossFit yeah. and they are yep. but I think they put them on the just just celebrities uh, like platform which they're not like you know like even like say Matt Fraser is like the biggest name or one of anyway the biggest names in CrossFit but if you go into like the middle of Rome and just say just start shouting like with Matt Fraser and just stand there with him how many people are going to stop and come up to you Whereas if you're standing there with like Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, like like that's a celebrity. So I think it's easy to forget that the 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 most famous people in CrossFit are still so grounded because there isn't that uh, global hype about each individual. There's you know like within the community, there's a crazy amount of hype for them, and it's amazing. But I think like there isn't that like holy crap like from across the street in New York, like Shane and T are in New York at the minute how many times would you say they've gotten stopped? Whereas if that was like, oh, I don't know, I'm shit at celebrities. Uh, if that was like... Jennifer, Jennifer mm, Anderson, how about that? Yeah, okay, I was going to say, say Michelle Pfeiffer, and then I was like, wait, is she still really famous? Uh, yeah, if Jennifer Anderson was walking down the street, how many times would she get stopped? Do you know, like, or if they were standing in a queue, how many people would know them in the queue compared to, like, a movie star? Yeah. Um, so I think, and I think the second thing that's really good, um, and that, like, uh, facilitates this kind of thing is that everyone or 99.9% .9 of people involved in CrossFit are so community driven including the people at the very very top like CrossFit is about 
like let's face it it's about the 99% it's about the rest of us it's about the, like getting people in the door and getting people like healthy and fit and moving or whatever else and like elongating their lives in good ways I suppose rather than like pills and stuff and um, making it so that they don't need that stuff for like little things like getting up out of a chair that they're able to just do it rather than you know needing assistance and stuff um, and I think the athletes because they start off in that position they start off as one of the 99% like no athlete in CrossFit goes like and straight in at the top yeah. they have they're part of the community they're part of a gym you know they're with a group whatever um, and I think they don't forget that. I think they know how important it is to the community to be accessible and to be, you know, like to see DMs and reply to them, to to see comments and reply to them. And they know it's in their better interest as well. Like, I mean, they know, like Carrie Pierce knows that it's in her better interest to to be engaging with the community because it's the community that has her where she is. Like, you know, it's, you know, like her, her athleticism and her proficiency in the sport is undeniable. But like without the community supporting her, would she have like the deals that she has and the support from sponsors and stuff that she has, you know, and I think that there's, there's identifiable people who have, um, I guess, cottoned on to the idea that it's just, it's mutually beneficial for the community to hear from me and for me to engage with the community. And then the community because of that will hopefully like lift me up a bit and like help me out when I need it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that the, the human aspect that they still have that grounded human aspect and the importance of community and CrossFit are the two things that lead to like dickheads like us getting access to people that we shouldn't have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you, if you told me like two years ago, I'd be able to talk to all these people. I'd be like, you're, you're out of your mind. This is no way possible. No way. Yeah. And then this podcast exactly. happened and then like it opened so many doors just to like reach out to people. And like, you know, my first episode was with a diabetic Olympic weightlifter, and we did a recording at Panera Bread. In in Panera Bread, so you could hear people like chattering like all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it was like so spur of the moment. I was like, okay. And then started interviewing other people, and then kind of working my way up. And you know, I, I granted I've had some people like say like they're not interested at the time because they're a little bit busy, which is fine. But like you know, mm. still getting access or talking to people, it's you know, it's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I think you'll always get that. You'll always get, like I said, most of them, most people understand the importance and most people have the time uh, or can find the time. And I think like, you know, there's a few that like, you know, as far as I can tell, Matt Fraser basically doesn't sleep. He's just doing stuff all the time. So, you know, there's a few like that, but like you rarely see those people on anything. Like how many times have you seen Tia on a podcast? Like maybe twice, three times, you know, and it's always like, you know, say the first forum podcast because she works with first form or, you know, like the, what's that? The Tom Brady's company, the TB12. Yeah. With them, you know, like, the, you know, there's, they're the people that they go to because it's like, you know, there's a, a, a huge mutual, mutually beneficial thing to be had there. Whereas like some guy in what's going to become his baby's bedroom in Ireland <laughs> can fuck off. Like, you know, I, have, I don't have enough time for that. Um, but like that's nothing against them. That's like, it's it's a if anything, it's a compliment to how busy they are and to how like to to how selective they have to be. But we're blessed to have people like, you know, like Noah or like Pat Brent, like people like that who are just like, yep, yeah, sure, you know, let's set something up. Or you know, I've had ones where it's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. Can you talk to 
such and such a person, uh, just things are swamped and you might be waiting a month or whatever. Um, and then same as that, I've had like, I've sent emails and messages that have never been seen or read probably. Um, but you just, that's, you know, part of it, I guess. You, you got to deal with that rejection. Yeah, yeah. So when you first started, like how nervous were you, were you like during your podcast, especially with like a high level CrossFit athlete? Um, it's kind of weird. I've kind of never been nervous, uh, during, I always get nervous. So I, uh, I'd start, I do the same as you kind of where I, uh, well, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to the person first and make sure the sound and stuff is okay. And then I'll just say, Oh, I'm going to record now. And I'll start, I might chat a little bit and then I'll, you know, start the episode. Uh, it was actually a funny one when, when I had Brent on where <laughs> he didn't know I'd started and I asked him a question and he was like, have we started? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, Oh, okay. And then he's like, usually you'd say like, oh, Brent Fukaski or whatever. Um, and that was for my hundredth episode that he was like, I mean, you're not going to change it now. So it's fine. But, um, yeah, so I usually do that. And then during that, like, before I say, you know, thanks for doing this or whatever, before I say that, I'm always on the verge of shitting myself. Like I'm always so nervous. I feel like I need to puke, shit, pee, everything. I just need to like fight or, fight or flight is kicking in. I just need to like leave. I'm so nervous. Like sometimes they'd be a bit sweaty. Like I just feel like, oh, okay, I'm really going to like, this is the one, this is the one where I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to mess it up or whatever. Um, but then as soon as it starts, it's totally gone. And it's, I just find this like, flow of it's just me and the other person doesn't matter like i can't see the mic i can't see the laptop i can just see their face and we're just chatting or whatever um and i think like it's funny from talking to all the athletes and stuff it seems very similar to the walking out on the floor and then like oh shit like that moment of like okay stay calm stay calm stay calm and then once it's three two one go you just switch into autopilot and you just find the state of flow where all the all the prep you've done like just takes over and you just like you're just good to go and i think that's what happens to me where i i know so much about this person because i've researched them and because i've like seen them or listened to them or, or listened to other interviews or you know watch stuff or you know read stuff i think it just like clicks in and it's just okay i'm good to go it's fine and i've got my my you know little starter questions to get me going about coffee and you know like kind of ease them in a little bit and stuff um but yeah like i always say to every guest i've on like that they have the benefit of self-editing later on so i'd rather they spoke freely and emailed me the next day being like man i really shouldn't have said that like my sponsor's gonna be up my ass or i shouldn't have said that like that came out wrong or sounds wrong or whatever can you take it out um I'd rather that than me ask them a question and then be like self-editing as they speak. Um, and I think that pays dividends because it ends up just being like a casual chat between two people rather than like, I guess rather than those tell me about what you eat and tell me about your day's training and those kind of interviews, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. So um, obviously you were, you didn't make it to the CrossFit Games this year. No. So I, I That is the biggest the most intense FOMO I've ever felt. Um, and I think it's because I knew so many people involved, mm -hmm. like people, you know, I'd be like good friends with Dylan um, from Loud and Live, um, you know, like Scott from Clydesdale, like uh, Renato, like Fury Photography, like, you know, people like that, They're like Michael Dalton, like different media people and stuff. And I was just constantly seeing all these people on screen or like seeing pictures on their story and stuff and be like, oh my God, I, 
just really want to be happy for them, but I also really fucking hate this. But it's like, yeah, okay, overall, I am really happy for them. Um, so yeah, that was that was like intense FOMO. That's like, you know, I I really know what FOMO is after this weekend, where I was really like, I've never felt more at home on my couch than watching all those people like see each other and see athletes and all that kind of stuff. But what I will say is, even at home on my couch, that was such an incredible week yep. uh, to see. And like, I don't know, I don't know how confident I was in what was going to happen. I don't know how. Like, there's been so much shit like the last few years in and out of the sport. There's been so much just like bullshit going on, and then like with COVID and everything, it was just kind of like last year. I remember like when I interviewed Castro praising him for for going ahead with last year because I think everybody needed it. Like you needed something, and it, we did. I think I think we needed it, and maybe didn't realize we needed it, and we got it, and it was exactly what we needed, and it just gave everyone a little boost. And it was the same with the Rogue Invitational. Everyone needed it. And maybe didn't even know they needed it, but once they got it, it was just like, oh god, I love fitness and I love seeing it, and I love seeing the athletes, and I love hearing those voices and stuff. And I think the games this year just like cranked that up to a thousand, where it was just like little things. The experience that the athletes got from Noble was mind blowing. Like the amount of gear they got, the fuss that was made over them. The hall, the way the hall looked, like it looked like a professional setup dressing room that you'd see for like an NFL final. Like it was just next level um, spoiling of the athletes uh, who had made it there. And then like just the, just the events themselves were great. The spectacle was great. Seeing a crowd was great. It was great seeing it back in Madison. It was great. Like I, you know, I think I pissed my wife off a good bit where I was playing this like game called like Where's Michael? So like I'd be good friends with Michael Dalton. That's he's on like the the uh, online uh, media team for the games. And like I I had started it during semifinals where I'd see him. I'd be like, There's Michael. Like I'd shout it. Um, I'd see like his foot or something. I'd be like, There's Michael. Um, so then I was doing that during this and like she's like pretty heavily pregnant and like naps a lot so I think I really pissed her off by like there's Michael and she'd be like oh my god like sleep beside me on the couch or whatever because like the timings of the events weren't great here um, but yeah I think it's just like I said afterwards that I was like just blown away by how much I enjoyed it like I knew like okay I'm gonna love this because like it's CrossFit I love CrossFit but I think I enjoyed it like five times more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. um, and as some of that is probably because there hasn't been anything in a while. Some of that is probably because I maybe knew, like, you know, I guess semi-know some of the people that were competing. I like, you know, I have some people that I consider friends that were competing. I don't know if they consider me a friend, but fuck it. Um, I have some people like on the media team and on that side of things that I consider friends that were there. And I think that like uh, gave me maybe a different sense of ownership of the thing, I guess. Um but yeah, it was just like, it was so good. Like it was so, so, so good. And it, like, it's the quickest where the event has been over. It's the quickest that I've been like, I cannot fucking wait for next year. Yeah. Like if that's what they did this year, if that's what they did with like, not a lot of time, like Noble came in kind of late-ish in the day. If that's what was put together with not a lot of time and still some restrictions in place and a bit of like uncertainty about what can we do, what can we not do? 
imagine what they can do next year. Like that's what I'm like the second it was like a uh, round of applause for your podiums. I was like, holy shit, next year is going to be incredible. Yeah. And I think that's the quickest I've ever felt that. And I think that says a lot about what we saw. Yeah. I, 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 the, I had FOMO as well because I saw like Scott and like everyone else like you said like even the athletes I've interviewed and I'm like god I really need to be there and so I kind of <laughs> I told myself I even told Scott from the Clydesdale uh, I was like I'm going to be there next year either as a just someone in the stands or a part of the media team or or just like some way or like yeah. shape or form of me getting there an athlete yeah an athlete yeah so <laughs> I, I'm way too t- I'm way too tall to be an athlete there so Way, way too tall. I'm 6'6", so. Yeah, yeah okay, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's fair. They did, like, height divisions or something, but, yeah. Well, I'm in, I'm in like, the I'm in the 40, 40 to 44 range, too, so. So I might be, I might, could be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I remember a few years ago, I turned 30, and I remember saying to Joe, masters man i'm coming for masters i like by the time i get to masters i'm gonna be ready and he was like yeah you know everyone else that's your age now is also gonna be a masters when you're a masters and i was like oh fuck i forgot about those guys <laughs> oh man that's hilarious so um yeah. did you do like kind of like a, a fantasy crossfit kind of draft like had you like your top three male and females and was it like kind of like on point of what you had yeah i had the um I was wrong on the female side. Uh, I had Cara. I, that was like totally out of her control, I guess. But I thought she was going to put it up to Tia, um, but didn't really. She didn't really get the opportunity, uh, which is a shame. But yeah, so that like just ruined everything on my female prediction side. Um, the men, like I didn't have Justin winning. I had those three, but I was like, my heart wanted Brent to win. Mm-hmm. My head told me Pat would win. Um, and I had Brent second and Justin third. But, like, I couldn't argue with either podium uh, over the course of the weekend. Like, Annie was just incredible. Um, I guess if Annie wasn't up there, I would like to see Haley up there. Um, or, in hindsight, I guess, Kristen, because I didn't realize she was going to retire. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, I, I just think everyone who deserved... Like, everyone got the place they deserved, I think. I don't think there was anyone that was like, oh, they really didn't deserve to be cut or they really didn't deserve, like, where they finished up. I think it was pretty fair. Um, but I think, like, there was some outstanding moments, like, uh, like I think little things that went under the radar, like, Tim Paulson was so chronically ill for, like, the first... And, like, he did so well. Like, imagine, like, it just blows my mind, like, watching him do the wall walks and thrusters. And I was like, I'd still be lying on the floor after the second wall walk and I'm perfectly like fit and healthy and he was sick and he, you know like that kind of stuff just like I don't know like the, the, the just the feats that they're capable of is just ridiculous like Cara running the sprint and she's like you know close to coughing up a lung and it's you know just I mean like I guess the grit and determination it would take not to be like do you know what I'm out I'm calling it like this isn't going to end well um, which she ended up doing eventually but like the fact that she went out and ran and like it would be easy for her to think that of like uh you know oh this is too embarrassing like i'm definitely going to finish last whatever but i think like the the guts shown to go out and do it um and then like danielle brandon like just all weekend like 
I've never seen anything like that. Like so, someone to be treated. Um, how can I phrase this? Because I, I don't think CrossFit mistreated her. I don't think she was treated unfairly. But someone to get such a raw deal, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, like she was constantly just kicked in the stomach, like by being the only one wearing this mask and, you know, like sitting over in the corner on her own and, you know, like, oh, your lane is over there, like go over there into the dirty lane in the corner or whatever. Um, and just constantly be reminded and be treated differently because I guess they felt she had to be treated differently. And I'm not arguing with anything that happened, but the mental fortitude shown by her to like do as well as she did and to show like all the hard work that she put in place, that was mind blowing. Um, and then those other moments like Tia enveloping her at the end and bringing her over and, you know, like, just like, there was just so many, like, fuck, I love this sport moments of like athletic feats, as well as that, what we've talked about earlier with that community thing of like, you know, you, you can't fake that. Like, you can't fake that, um, that niceness. And I think a lot of people accuse certain athletes of being fake like oh they're just hamming it up because whatever and like you know we've heard stories about people doing stuff when nobody was watching like we've all heard i assume anyway about uh shane or picking up later at the end uh in the athlete warm-up area and like as far as he was concerned there was nobody there and i think you know those kind of moments really add to the love of the sport and the love of the community and the love of the people involved in it um so yeah i think that you know my my uh my predictions of the podium were not matched by my predictions of, uh, you know, fantasy fitnessing do their draft. And as per, I absolutely fucking bombed. Uh, like, oh, it's, like, it's just really irritating where it's like, okay, I was shafted, uh, like Cara pulled out and she was my like goat on the girl's side. Cause I was like, okay, you had a certain amount of money to play with. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't afford Tia. If I buy Tia, I'm just screwed like all over the place. So I'll go Cara because she's like $20 cheaper uh, in the draft. So I'll go with her and then that'll give me some weight. No, she's out like, you know, she like bombs the first few events. Then she's gone. It's like, oh, God damn it. And then like uh, the whole, the wheels came off everything. Basically like every fantasy thing I ever do in sport where when I set it, I'm like, this is, I'm actually going to be hired as a professional fantasy picker after this. Yeah. This is my gateway to millions. And then within about 12 hours, it's like, oh, okay, I'm last again. I'm propping up the table. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave up on fantasy sports because, like, especially with football, I'm a big New England Patriots fan, and this is when, like, Brady was still there. And I had to, like, draft people that were, like, playing against him during that season. And I'm like, I don't want him to play because I want the Patriots to win. It's like, I don't, I don't need them to, I, I need him to score a touchdown, but I don't want him to score. So yeah. I completely gave up on all that kind of stuff. So I just like, I like picking and choosing. And I, I was bummed about Kara, um, you know, bombing out. Even, even Sean Sweeney too. There was a lot of people that were sick. Yeah, it was crazy. I think someone, was a cat put up a box about who got sick from the lake. And like, I hadn't actually yeah, thought of that, yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of people who got sick during the week. And it was like, I mean, the lake event was the first event, so it wouldn't be like amazingly shocking. But well, I think yeah. I think two years ago when uh, when they had it at that lake too, a couple other people got sick again. Yeah, I remember Rich said it like what did he call it? Duck shit, isn't that? He said he was swimming through duck shit, and Josh Bridges said he got sick like almost immediately after, and um, 
Yeah, because you can obviously swim in it, but I remember being there and like I had trunks. I was like, oh, I'll go for a dip like in this lake. And I remember like walking down to the edge of the water. I'd be like, fuck that. I'm like walking back up. It's like, it's so dirty. And like, you know, like it wasn't even dirt. It was just like murky. You couldn't see. And I was like, I don't know what's in there. So I'm not going near it. Like, you know, you hear these, especially when you're not from America and you visit America, you're like, there's probably crocodiles. I don't go near anything. Like, <laughs> I, I heard one of my one of my friends said if you actually dip 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 in that water you 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 like will never get COVID. That's how nasty <laughs> that water is. Yeah, it'll be like Mr. Burns in The Simpsons, you know, where he has all these diseases that are stopping him from dying. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any plans of uh, going to next year's game, or like, what's the? I know you have. I know you have a little one coming coming through. Yeah, that's that's the the um the cock blocker for <laughs> for getting to the games. Um. <laughs> I kind of, I've toyed with the idea of going to Wadapalooza um, because I'd be able to just go for like three days and come back and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as expensive because like getting from here to, obviously, you know, it's exacerbated with COVID and stuff, but it isn't cheap anyway. When we went to 2019, it wasn't cheap. Like it was expensive to get there. It was expensive to stay there. It was expensive to come back. Um, whereas I think Miami would be, you know, it's not cheap but it's cheaper to get there because I think I was looking at, it would be like 400 euro, like about $500 for if I went with just like a backpack, you know, like just like a carry on bag, yeah. which I'd probably be able to do if I was going on my own. I asked my wife, I was like, do you reckon you'd go on holiday in January? And she was like, where are in February? And I, she was like, where would we go? And I was like, uh, Miami. And she was like, how do we bring the kids? And I was like, oh no, like we, we'd leave the kids. And she was like, oh, fuck off. I'm not leaving. <laughs> the, this baby would only be like six months old. Um, so yeah, that. but then she was like, I don't mind if you go. So I don't know. I'll, I'll see if my guilt lets me book a flight. Um, it probably won't. Um, and then another, so Filthy 150 is going to be here in November. So, you know, that's, that, that'll uh, quell or, you know, scratch that itch for a while anyway. Um, and then like, it's just flights are so expensive. Like Dubai would be great, but flights are so expensive. Um, and I think Ireland are actually like high up on the US, like don't let them in list because um, of COVID. Um, so it depends, like, you know, if I get to what I think, what is in January, I think. So if I get to January and things are still as weird as they are. I'm not going to book flights to America and not know if I'm going to get back in or not, or if I'd be able to get there or not. Yeah. So that plays into it a bit as well. But like, look, I'd love to go, but unless like Rosa rings me and says, "Hey, uh, we've chartered a plane for you to fly over," like there's no way I'm going to afford going to the games, unfortunately. So I like I'll continue to live vicariously through um, all the friends I've made and will continue to make hopefully. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, it's probably out of reach for a while unless, I don't know, like miracles happen, I guess, unless like some sponsor comes on board and says, do you know what we need to do? We need to get you for literally no reason at all because there's a lot of people doing the, what you're doing closer to Madison. We're still going to fly you over there. We're going to put you up. <laughs> if that happens, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you think more like sanctional events will have like a podcast row or like, kind of like a radio row? Now since, yeah. podcast, now since podcasting's gotten like a little bit bigger. Um let's see. Like my heart says 
Oh yeah, definitely will be involved. My head says, why would they involve us? Like, why would they involve? Like, I think that's my my constant thing is like, uh, you know, I don't want to be negative about it, but I'm I'm going to be realistic. And then, you know, if I'm pleasantly surprised, brilliant. But like, Sean and Tommy uh, don't like when semifinals were on or like sanctional events were on um, during that like you know new season system. Um, they weren't invited to those events because they host Talking Elite Fitness. Like they were invited to those events because they're two of the biggest names when it comes to announcing and commentating and reporting on the sport, and they have been doing it for years. Like they started the CrossFit podcast like thing basically with Talking Elite Fitness, and they instantly hoover up the market because everybody knew them, everybody knew who they were. They had all these like crazy lists of contacts. Um, and they know what they're talking about and they know how to talk about it. Um, do I think that there's a potential for me to be invited to a sanctional event or a semi-final or anything like that? No. Um, I don't think that's a realistic thing for me to think of. Um, I think, like say, Scott and the Clydesdale crew were at the games with Morning Chalk Up because they're hosting a show with Morning Chalk Up. Um, I don't think there's an avenue there for me Um and like I'm not bitter about it or anything. I don't mind. Like I'll keep doing what I'm doing anyway because I love doing it. Um, would it be nice? Yeah, it'd be fucking amazing if someone contacted me and said, "Hey, we need you." Like I mean, I like I just can't see the circumstances that would arise where they'd be like, "Do you know what we need?" <laughs> you know, like like what what am I the answer? Like what question am I the answer to? Do you know? Like it's yeah. like that's the thing where it's like. You know what we need? We need two people who are going to report on this. We need people that the, the community know and they recognize and will give us gravitas. Who we bring? Sean and Tommy. Like, you know, they're the answer to that question. Um, we need two people who are going to bring energy, who are going to, you know, like uh, build a bit of buzz around it, who might be able to do some media stuff. The Buttery Bros, they're the answer to that. Um, we need someone who's got like a huge Instagram following who can, you know, um, drum up a bit of hype and who can do some media work for us, you know, who's the answer to that? Like Team Richie or Vakey or whoever else. What am I the answer? What question am I the answer to? And I, I don't think there is a question that I'm the answer to for that thing, uh, for like semifinals or sanctions and stuff. Um, but I w- I'll go to Filthy150 as a paying customer um, because I love it. Um, and I've, I've seen that grow from, you know, a small event with teams of four or whatever to this like global thing that it is. Um, and I'll you know, hopefully make it to another event or another semi-final, but it'll be off my own bat um, to support the community and stuff because, yeah, like I say, like what, what unfortunate series of circumstances would need to arise for an event to be like, I don't know, the guy from Coffee Pods and Wads? <laughs> <laughs> Speak, speaking about Vakey, so I think we released, like both of us released the podcast same day, the yeah. Same day. Or, or like a day apart, yeah. yeah. And, and like it was funny because like I was watching his YouTube channel while I was making pancakes for my my kids, and all of a sudden like he talked about both of us, and like literally I almost like shit my pants. I was like, oh my god, I want a YouTube channel. Like just like losing my mind. So did you did you get the same like re- did you do the same reaction when you got on his uh, YouTube channel at all or? Yeah, like I kind of um, I had it with Castro. When I had Castro on, I asked him about uh, Ricky Gerard, and Craig Ritchie put it up on his, and I got like 40 messages from people being like, did you see that you're on Craig Ritchie's page or whatever? 
And I watched the video, uh, like I, I watched to see what was said. And um, he just said like, oh, Castro was on the podcast, Coffee Pods and Was, and my logo flashed up on the screen. And I was like, that was really cool of him. Like it was really cool of him to name the show and to show the logo. Um, because I had seen other people say like, Dave Castro was on a podcast and then like just continue with the story and like say what he said or whatever, but not give credit for it. Um, so I was like, that was really cool. Like that was real, uh, what would you call it? Like just like a show respect, I guess. Like, a, you know, kind of a, I don't know, uh, just a nice thing to do. Like he didn't have to do it. Um, and yeah, it was the same with Fakey. Like when, you know, like when people say the name of it or like give like a tip of the hat towards it, like I always think that's really nice. Um, but like, it's amazing to me when a guest comes on and they might like share the episode in their story or um, like I've had some that have put a post up and like, it takes a lot for me to put a post up, say like on my, on my like personal Instagram, I basically, I think the last thing I put up was in like April of like last year. Um, like it want to be like a pretty big deal for me to put a post up. Um, obviously on the show when I put one up every Wednesday for the new episode or whatever. Um, but outside of episodes, I rarely put a post up. Um, so when I see someone put a post up of like, I did a podcast, that really stops me in my tracks where it's like, holy shit, like they really, really didn't have to do that. Like Brent, when he came on, put up, he like changed the words to a song um, from Rick and Morty and put up like a, a spiel about the podcast and there was a hundredth episode and stuff and I was just blown away by that because again he didn't have to do that he didn't even have to share it like he didn't have to agree to the episode he didn't have to share the fact that he did the episode like on his story or whatever when I tagged him and stuff and he definitely didn't have to put up a post like stuff like that blows my mind um and it's never I think I remember before um I think Tim Paulson shared the episode I did with him and I remember being like sitting looking at my phone being like here we go like any second now <laughs> here we go come on and like nothing was happening and i was like okay maybe is it the time zones are time zones different <laughs> like is he awake or asleep and like waiting for this like you know that have you seen that thing on um is it cristiano ronaldo's phone or something where he turned on notifications and it was just like it's just like a blur yeah. of like things popping up. I, I was like, any second now, here it comes. Like waiting for this like barrage of followers and likes and stuff. And I remember being disappointed when it didn't come, being like, oh, like four people or something followed. I was like, oh, okay, shit, all right. And then it was like very soon after that where I realized that it was like that's not why I'm doing it. And I kind of had to remind myself of like, what do you care? if like nobody, if like one person listened to it and like you said earlier on, took one thing from it, that's good. Like that's good enough. Um, so I think while I appreciate people sharing stuff and it means the world when they like, you know, reshare a story or a post or whatever, I think I've thankfully moved away from thinking like, here we go. Like this is the big time coming now. Like I can, you know, I can almost hear them calling me like up to the big table. Um, I think I'd rather like have that really sometimes painfully slow organic growth than just have a sudden burst and be at like 12,000 followers and have no engagement with anyone. Like I get any DM I get, I reply to it. Yeah, um, I either like, like it if it's, you know, if it's something that doesn't warrant a reply, if it's just like, 
ha ha. I'm not going to reply to that. I'd like say, yes, ha ha, indeed. You know, like, but if someone said, ask me a question, I'll reply. If someone, you know, whatever, I'll always reply to every DM. To the best of my knowledge, I've never left one unread or unresponded. Um, and I think if I have that sudden burst of like, you know, fame um, with it, I wouldn't be able to do that. And so I think I'd rather have that really slow, like gradual growth. Um, and I think, you know, it is nice to, it's always nice when a guest references it later. Like when Vakey says later on, oh, I was on, then, because it's like, okay, I wasn't just like a flash gone by, never thought about it again. Like the, uh, obviously there was a, uh, you know, however minute, there was a bit of a connection there. And that's always nice, just on a human level. Um, but yeah, I think like when Shane came on um, and Tia shared it, that was terrifying um, <laughs> because th- there was a bit of a moment there of like, I think I got like 600 followers Holy over like five days or something. Um, so there was a bit of like, oh shit, like, uh-oh, like wh- what do I do now? Like these people, it's like, you know, when someone walks into a room and like looks at you and goes, what are you going to do now? And it was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I just did that other thing. And it's like, I hadn't thought about the next thing. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of that about it. But again, I kind of expected like, if these rats were following me, like chances are the next guests are going to be like, who the fuck is that? And unfollow. Um, because, you know, you can't always have Shane or on every week. Um, but yeah, I think my, my, my main aim with it is to, like the podcast to me is essentially like, it's a microphone for the other person or it's a stage for the other person. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm essentially the stage for them to stand upon. Like I'm not up there with them. Um, so I think my, my main aim with it is to, sh- to sort of let people onto the stage who I think deserve it or who maybe, you know, who deserve it because they've done incredible things or amazing things, or they're like fantastic coaches or athletes or whatever, or people who maybe are usually standing at the side of the stage uh, like people who are holding the spotlight or people who are holding the camera or who are shouting cut or whatever, like those people who the audience might not know or might not know their story or whatever. Um, and I think regardless of mentions or follows or likes or anything like that, I think I'll just continue to do that because, you know, that's the purpose of it, I guess. And if I, uh, like, there were times at the start where I strayed a bit away from that. I'd be like, oh, I need to get to like 500 followers. Like, what can I do? Like, um, but I think, yeah, I kind of separated myself from the numbers where I was like, there's going to be months where it's shit. Like there's going to be months where numbers dip because people are on holidays or they're busy or whatever. There's going to be months where numbers dip because people don't know who the person is and maybe they don't trust me enough yet to listen to it. But I do know that there's a core group who have been here since the early days who listen to every episode because I'll have someone on who nobody's ever heard of. And then they'd be like, oh, shit, that person was amazing. I never knew who they were. Yeah. Um, and I get those DMs from those people who are like day oneers, essentially. Um, so I guess I just hope that if it continues to happen and continues to go the way it's going, that those people who trust me enough to listen to everybody gets, it turns into a bigger number of people, I guess. Very cool, very cool. So um, we're getting close to the end. Uh, I'm outside right now because uh, we're doing, my office is being worked on, so... Um, and it looks like it's about to thunder. So typical Georgia weather. Um, so if you stopped like everything, like your podcast, fitnessing, you know, doing CrossFit or anything, well, how do you want people to know you as? 
Like if I die tomorrow? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sure. Oh God. I was trying to be. Um, nice. I was trying not to be nice, saying not saying that. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> the reality of it is, the majority of people won't have a fucking clue who I was. Um, like, I'll just be some guy with an obituary in the paper. Um, I think, like, you know, when I think of things like that, I think I like I'm always immediately brought close to home. So I think if something was to ever happen to me, I think I'd like, um, I'd like, you know, Sloan, like my child who's here now i guess if i die tomorrow i'm not going to meet my second kid so i'll just focus on her i guess um so i think if i was to die i think uh i just love her to have like positive memories and to have like i'd love i'd love when i when i go i'd love to have taught her like valuable life lessons like fuck-ups that i made i'd love to give her the tools to if she faces the same fuck-ups that she can get through it and if she sees those fuck-ups coming, that maybe she sidesteps them a little bit sooner than I did. Um, I think I want my wife to remember that I, like, supported her and, you know, made her proud and, like, helped her in every way I could. Um, outside of that, I like, to be honest, I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't really care. Once my... Uh, once my wife, once my wife cries at my funeral. No, once my, uh, once my wife and my kid or kids, um, are proud of me and you know know that I've done everything I could for them. I don't really give too much of a fuck what anybody else thinks, really. Yeah. Um, like other people come and go, but like my kids are my kids and my wife is my wife. Um, I think, you know, friends come and go, and you know you might drift apart from family members, and you know you might podcast could end tomorrow and nobody might ever remember you know you could get six months down the line people could be like coffee what you know like it could just be nothing um so i think the 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 constants in my life no matter what happens whether there's a gym whether there's podcast whether there's work whatever the constants are going to be orla sloan and whatever we decide to call baby number two um so i think they're the ones that i'd I want to have certain things to think of afterwards. Um, yeah, like if someone remembers how many times I've got shit on my hands from changing our nappies and stuff, uh, you know, and that she owes me. <laughs> she really owes me. She's not a tiny pooper. <laughs> yeah. well, I know kids are, especially when they hold her for like a day or two. It's like, good Lord. So Yeah, no, she's, yeah, she's, uh, she's quite something when it comes to shit. <laughs> So, on that note <laughs> do, you, do you have any goals that you want to hit by the end of the year at all with like the podcast uh goals let's see uh well uh personal goals uh obviously like family stuff you know baby to be born healthy and happy and all that um i want to get stronger so i neglected strength for the last ages lower body strength my front squat uh and my bench is higher than my front squat and my back squat and my shoulder press, like my push press is higher than my front squat. So I need to fix that. Like my legs are essentially like arms. So I need to fix that. Um, so on a, a fitness thing, that's, that's my, that's my uh, bulking season is coming. Um, or strength season. I've probably bulked for like 30 years. Um, and then on the podcast side of things, I always said up until recently, I always said, I want to be, um, at an event on merit 
And then I kind of realized recently that like that's not going to fucking happen. Um, where look, basically what I said, I'm I, I'm not the answer to any question that's going to be asked. So I need to just move on for that. Um, I'm going to MC an event um, here in Dublin, the Powerful Invitational. So it's like a mixed pairs uh, competition, and they asked me to MC. Um, so yeah, I mean, more fool them, but it's going to be a bit of fun. Um, so I want to do that. I want to enjoy that. Even if I'm shit at it, I still want to enjoy it. And then with the podcast, I just wanted to keep going. I just want to, um, I suppose my personal goal with the podcast is to stay as passionate as I am now. Um, like my passion for it has grown since I started. It hasn't dipped. It hasn't waned. It hasn't wavered. Um, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. So I want to keep doing that. I want to keep the creativity going. Like I've, you know, we're um, launching like uh, there's a pre-sale on clothes at the minute um, on the website, uh, com. if anyone wants to buy some clothes. Um, and I think the creativity that's gone into that is like, it's just good for the soul. Like, I think I've never had anything in my life that I've been uh, more passionate about, like where it was like, oh shit, like, that's what that is. Like, that's what, you know, like people ask me why I do teaching, like for the holidays. Like, I just kind of feel like anyone who says anything other than for the holidays is just a shit talker. Um, like, that's why teachers teach because it's like you get like two months off. Um, and I think other people have been like, God, I really love teaching. And it's like, for me, it's like, I quite like teaching. You know, like that's, it's like, I quite like it. And it's like, oh, I really love like fitness. And it's like, you know, I like training myself and it's like, yeah, I, I quite like it. You know, I, I dip, I get peaks and troughs. I quite like it. Yeah. Whereas like with the podcast, it's like, I really fucking love this, you know? And I think if I can keep that going, that that's, that's my main goal for the year, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. And then, um, what would you tell somebody that's trying to get into the podcast space? Like what to expect throughout their whole, you know, time doing it? Um, I'd say anybody, anybody that's trying to get into anything that's in any way creative, like podcasting or not, I'd say just do it. Like, just tell someone you're going to do it and then start doing it. Because, like, you're only ever going to look back and be like, why didn't I start that sooner? Yeah. Or why did I never do that thing? They're the only two. You're never going to say, like, I wish I hadn't started that thing. Like, it might not work out. It might be shit. Like, it might, you might not be cut out for it. But you're, you're not going to look back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have started this thing that I can just walk away from and never think of again. Like, you'll just walk away from it and never think of it again. Whereas if you don't do it, if you don't start, you're going to either be left with, shit, I should have done that thing. Look, that person's doing it now. Or I should have started this sooner. How did I not think of this before now? I loved this. Yeah. Um, so I say anybody think of anything creative at all, just start and you learn on the job. And I'm just thinking about starting a podcast. Um, I think be organized. Um, I think like Google is your friend. That's where I got everything. Like, uh, you know, I figured out mics. Uh, editing, all that stuff, just Google it. Because like other people have done it. You're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to like make a new microphone. Someone else has used one. So just go and get what they had. Yeah. Um, I think be organized. Like if you're interviewing someone, like I don't know, do you listen to the uh, Josh Martin's Savannah show? But like they were talking once about doing interviews and Josh was like, oh, I've had some bad ones. And like they, they were kind of regaling each other with stories of like awkward interviews. And I've spoken to other people um who've had they've done interviews uh and they've told me after they talked to me like oh that's a relief like the last one i did was like i don't even think it aired like it was terrible you know and i think a lot of people think like oh, i'll just start a podcast and they just like ask someone and then hit record and they just expect like 
that's not how it works. Like you do have to put in work. I'd say I'm, I'm like the podcast is like four parts. Uh, like for me, part one is like uh, social media stuff, like putting up my own stuff, contacting other people, like building relationships, that kind of stuff. Um, that takes up the majority of my time. Then like once I have a guest, preparing for them, interviewing them are equal. So it's like, if it takes me an hour to interview them, I'll be probably researching them for an hour as well. Uh, so they're like equally weighted. And then uh, editing, if you're clever, editing can take like two minutes. Yeah. Um, if you're dumb, it's going to take you another hour. Um, so I think like, I remember, I remember getting a message recently from someone on Instagram uh, who, you know, like, the, so when I registered the podcast on like iTunes and stuff, I registered like the name of the podcast is Coffee Pods and Was. I didn't put like, you know, my name in, in it anywhere. Because yeah. um, I kind of don't want didn't want to be at the front of it, I guess. Um, and people email me saying, hi, and then like in a slightly different font, coffee pods and wads. And it's like, you didn't even bother to find out my fucking name. You just copied and pasted it from the form. Um, so like I got an a, a email saying like, hi, coffee pods and wads. Uh, my name is whatever. Um, uh, we work with podcast production. And for a small fee, we will take out all the ums and ahs and uh out of your podcast. And I was like, but like, that's what makes it a conversation. That's why, like, yeah. why would you take that out of it? Like yeah, exactly. this stupid little human ticks that people have are part of who they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like I'd always uh, try and set myself up so that I have more time to do the stuff that I enjoy doing with the podcast and I'm not distracted by the shit things. Like I'm not just like nobody likes editing, like, you know, come on. So I'm not distracted by editing uh, because I give it minimal time. Yeah. Um, unless I remember interviewing Michelle Tond, um, and <laughs> fucking, I don't know what happened, but my mic was, way louder than hers and it's the only time it ever happened but it was like literally 10 times as loud like it was crazy and I couldn't like she was like and then uh, when Pat went to like you couldn't hear anything she was saying and I was like and where did you know like really loud <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's the only episode uh where I had I'd say I was about an hour and 45 minutes edit because I had to find all her little clips and make them louder yeah. and find all my little clips and make them wider and try and match them um, but I would, uh, we're not allowed to go to pregnancy scans um, over here yet because of COVID and stuff so I was sitting in the car park while my wife was in getting a scan so that, that was my time doing that um, but yeah I think if you're smart you can uh, set yourself up same as with everyday life I guess you set yourself up to have more time to do the things that you want to do and less time to do the annoying little things yeah. it's the same with the podcast like um, but yeah I think if you're thinking of doing it like literally what is stopping you from doing it just like a mic is $20 just go and start yeah. um, and you can like you Spotify is free iTunes is free all you have to do is have an episode or something for them to listen to to make sure that it's not like hate speech or whatever um, and they just vet you and then they let you on and then just get going like you know what like what's stopping you yeah I, so when I first started I used um, the anchor app on my phone and two lapel mics Oh, okay. And that's it. I never used a speaker. I had a lapel mic right here, lapel mic right on the speaker, and that was it. I just pressed record, and it gave me like an hour deadline. So you must have been shitting your pants though, when because like listening back to it, if like say if only your mic worked, or if like your mic was quiet and theirs was loud, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, I've I've actually had episodes where my mic is like really low, and 
and the other person is really loud. So I've been trying to like mess around with that, but that's just later on. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but um, yeah. but anyway, so last question: Where can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Um. So. This is probably one of my biggest regrets with this podcast. So on Instagram, uh, let's just forget about Twitter because I was like, I'll set up everything and I'll use everything and then it'll, it'll all grow like at the same time. as. So Twitter just didn't take off. So we'll just pretend that doesn't exist. Um, so on Instagram, it's uh, at coffeepods. So just an N because I was like, oh, that's cashy. That's cool. Um, I don't know why I didn't just fucking say and. Uh, but anyway, yeah, if you search like coffee pods and wads, like coffee pods and wads, um, and then you can email coffee pods and wads at gmail.com. Um, I won't give out my phone number, no, but no. if you contact me at either of those or else there's a contact form on coffee pods and wads.com. Um, but yeah, anyone that wants help with anything, just let me know. I don't know. Again, I don't know what I'm, what question I'm the answer to, but if someone has a question that they need answered, I'll answer for them. Um, or like guest yeah, suggestions or whatever I'm always open stuff like that but um, yeah I regret not just calling it coffee pods and wads on Instagram I thought it looked catchier or something and now I just hate it <laughs> well well, Peter thank you for doing this I, I really this is actually the longest episode I've ever recorded with somebody so yeah I told you I talked too much no it's all good I, I loved it I loved every minute but well thank you for taking the time for, thanks for having me you know, me interviewing you and I hope you know you have a great weekend great rest of the summer and you know hopefully COVID doesn't you know, come back raging. So, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Thanks.